Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on with Chizo, and uh, we've done a little bit of a a, a a rage trade. We've got Pistol out. We've brought JB in. How you going there, champion? We're hoping that you can uh, help us through this week where we're all looking at donating to the Cancer Council for our donuts. Sure, am, mate. And uh, it's been a it's been a little while since I've been on the podcast with you. I'm looking forward to a ripper. It's absolutely fantastic to have you back, mate. Um, uh, we're just checking with Pistol. We've got him on the line, uh, mate. How, what do you think about uh, this week's uh, teams that have dropped? Well, I know absolutely nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely. We don't know anything. That's why we swapped to JB, mate. Hey, we'll just jump into some uh, some quick <laughs> some quick news. Um, it's official. We cannot touch any players in our starting squad that have knee injuries, mate. Oh, my gosh. It's just ridiculous. We thought Beams was as safe as houses, and Amira would at least get us to the buyers, and Swallow would provide some cash generation. <laughs> They've all been bad. They've been, not only have they all been bad, but they're all injured now. So it's been such a massive failure. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, I think for a lot of us that actually started with uh, a, a combination of them, I think uh, uh, myself included started with all three of them. I don't know how I'm sitting in the uh, the top 2k at the moment we're uh, having to deal with the the three of them um are they permanently on our black lists mate yeah um <laughs> i th- i see what you did there <laughs> <laughs> i um i yeah it makes it tough to select any of them again and beams obviously has the highest ceiling of them all um but you just can't trust it. they're so injury prone they're made of tissue paper um, maybe Omira, if he gets his knees right for a, a couple of consecutive years in the future, he um, he might be an option. But they're looking, it's looking like no one's going to select him for a long time to come because they've burnt just about the whole competition. And uh, speaking of blacklists, mate, uh, is there another name that we uh, that might? Uh kind of be connected to our blacklist that we've had some colourful comments over our suggestions in the last seven days. I think just a, a congratulations is in order for those who chose Parsons over Black on our <laughs> advice. Um, it, uh, people were right to jump on us. I mean, Parsons Parsons did score really low, but um, just don't be so reactive, community. Like, we do we do speak some logic, and it was, it was a little logical that Black would go out in the next week or so, so... Hopefully Parsons can keep his spot in their team and start scoring above 19 points. Hey, JB, at some point during the podcast, what I want you to do is I want you to find the exact number of points that Parsons needs this week just to break even with Black's points last week because I know if he puts up another 19, we're going to get more comments saying, oh, well, Black, you know, he put up 60 and Parsons only scored 40 over two weeks, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of colourful comments again. So uh, I'd like to find out what that that exact number is, mate. All right, mate, I just uh, I want to jump in to uh, the the Cancer Council. Uh, obviously, we announced on Monday the absolute fantastic donation by January. Uh, he put in 500 big ones into the Cancer Council uh, fund, which is absolutely fantastic. We'll be uh, reviewing his his uh, his team later on in the podcast. He's got a few different questions, but um, we've obviously had a, a fantastic amount of people donating uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Joel, Burn, Jack again, um, Dylan, Jamie, and the Loose Canyon uh, all putting in money. So all fantastic donations from everyone there guys we've actually uh, uh, we've just hit $1,300 which uh, I'm pretty sure eclipse, eclipses last year's donation so everything on, on top of this is just fantastic so um, remember if you do donate you can put your send us through an email to drscpod at gmail.com to go into the running to uh, uh, to have your team rated live on the pod uh, Daniel's won it this week he's given us some questions but if you do donate make sure to hit us up um Hey, uh, uh, JB, I'm so used to having Pistol on the side here, mate. You have to forgive me. Um, What I want to do here first is uh, I want to jump into some teams. Uh, 
it's been a little bit disappointing uh, what we uh, what have, has come out. We've got a few players back. We've got a, a couple guys we really couldn't afford to lose. Uh, I'm just going to run through uh, the West Coast and the Bulldogs side here, champion. Uh, we've got Fraser McInnes and Liam Duggan coming in for Mark Hutchings and Jonathan Giles. Uh, on the Bulldog side of things, Jack Redpath coming back after his ACL injury in 2016. Lucas Webb and Bailey Dale come in. Out go uh, uh, Jake Stringer, Bob Murphy and Josh Dunkley. And uh, I, I think you're you're keeping in contact with some of the uh, the Bulldogs emergencies there, I hear, JB. I do have a bit of an inside source, but he has confirmed to me that although he is flying across the West Coast, um, he's unlikely to play. So um, everything's looking all roses for the Bulldogs outfit. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Marcus Bontempelli just carries on being the best super coach player this season, putting up 124 so far this year to Dangerfield's 114. Uh is Danger still running around uh, injured is the question that we'll have to, to touch on later. Um, how do you see this game going here, mate? West Coast and the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs got it done in the uh, the elimination final last year, but I think the West Coast uh, might get it done this time around. Well, if the last couple of weeks of footy tips have taught me anything, it's going to be Western Bulldogs by about 100 points in this <laughs> one. Um, now, nah, I expect West Coast to get the job done at home. They were able to beat poor um, Adelaide Oval, which is not an easy task to do so um, they've got the runs on the board um, and Western Bulldogs making that long flight over to Perth um, should just give West Coast that little extra edge that they need to um, topple the doggies this week. Uh, getting his third game named in the forward pocket, Kurt Mutimer, mate. Is he someone that you, you might be uh, uh, looking at bringing into your side, do you think, as a 120k midfielder from West Coast? Well, he's in my squad at the moment. He's got a negative nine break even due to that first score of 23, so not ideal, but he bounced back... Um, really well last week with a 58 and I expect him to do something similar this game. Um, he was around the ball a lot. I was really impressed with him. I actually expected to see him on a higher score after the game. Um, but long story short, it's just it's a lot to do with the fact that we don't have a lot of downgrade targets. But Minima, although his job security is shaky, looks like he could be good enough for a, um, at least a fortnight or two for us. Yeah, fantastic. All right, take us through the Hawks and the Lions there, mate. Uh, Fagan and Clarkson going head-to-head. Uh, -head. I, I wonder how they, uh, they'll they they'll be able to uh, play this game knowing that uh, they know each other's moves, basically. Yeah, it's going to be interesting looking at the coaches' boxes this game because they know each other so well. Um, the ins and outs are Jack Fitzpatrick and Ricky Henderson come in for Hawthorne. I assume Fitzpatrick's going to kick an amazing goal again this game, as he does every <laughs> game. Um, and Grant Birchall with a knee injury and Cicely omitted are out of the Hawthorne squad. Um, and it's Josh Walker, Tom Bell and Ron Buick in for the Lions. Humor Cluggage, Mitch Robinson without foot injury and Daniel McStay go out. So not a lot happening Supercoach relevant in this um, game, but in the ins and outs, sorry. But a thing that I could know um, really well is Mitch Robinson is now out of the squad. Does that free up our uh, gun midfielders that are playing the Lions now, considering he's been so good at looking down the, um, the key midfielders in the opposition squads? Look, I think it does. But I think it, it, more on top of that, um, we don't really necessarily need to worry about the midfielders that are playing the Lions. It probably also opens up uh, and frees up some of the Lions midfielders themselves. Every week we touch on the fact that Jake Barrett's role as a, a pressure forward pocket just isn't what he's used to and it's not the the best use of his skills from what we've seen. Um, so seeing him named further up the ground at a half forward, uh, I'm hoping to see 
team spend a little bit more time around the ball and uh, and actually uh, you know he's been put up last round that he played he put up a, a decent 60 score uh, had enough of the ball uh, someone that I'm, uh, I'm definitely really happy that he's going to be getting getting some more uh, some game time with uh, Mitch Robinson out for that extended period uh, one guy from the Hawks uh, that I do want to touch on that we, we has probably gone a little under the radar for how good he's been JB is Blake Hardwick he's been absolutely smashing it uh, even putting up tons here and there to, to really help with his cash generation yeah he's been sensational and he really flew under the radar early on so if you're able to um, start him at a slightly inflated 135k to start the year um, you've done really well for yourself his break even still really low this week thanks to a, a big score last week so a negative 12 still and he's at um, 250 odd thousand so um, just just really surprising stuff from Hardwick and as you said He's um he's just played played really well all season. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Another one that I was finally happily came came through with the chocolates for me. 110 plus from uh, Jared Roughhead. Uh, basically got me to 2100 last week, which is uh, I thought I was going to struggle with the, the all the issues I was having with my Collingwood midfielders, mate. Yeah, Roughhead. Um, he did have a really good game last week. He's only risen by 13k this year, so he just hasn't been that cash generator that everyone wanted. But considering that high score last week, his break even's down to 44. So should start making some cash for for those who started the season with him. Fantastic. All right, mate, take us through St Kilda and Carlton at Etihad Stadium Saturday Arvo. Yes, um, St Kilda Carlton. So the ins for this one are Maverick Weller and Luke Dunstan, which is great for my draft squad. And out is Kobe Stevens with that suspension and Nathan Wright, who has been omitted. Um, in for Carlton are Zach Fisher, Jack Silvani, and out is Sam Carriage and Billy Smet. So not a whole lot hot happening in this game. Uh, Kobe Stevens had quite a bit of form going into that suspension, though. I think he was nearing that um, that radar for everyone. Uh, those who considered getting him in will have to wait at least a week. What do you think of Kobe? At 400k, anyone chasing 100 on him is just chasing points. Um, he might have some dual eligibility that entices some people. When you look at the options that we've got already this year that are discounted but can put up a good price, uh, uh, sorry, put up a good score. I mean, we saw what Franklin could do at only 440k last week, putting up a 160. If you were like Pistol, we backed themselves in to use a captaincy. Well done. That's absolutely fantastic. Top score for the week. Um, I think that uh, it, it was almost a, a great thing for him to be omitted because, uh, or suspended even, basically because there were so many fantasy coaches out there that were just like, look, okay, it's his third week. He's about to go up in price. Better get on him. He's going to average 110 in the forward line. He's, got, he's going to be fantastic. That's not going to be the case. I don't think Kobe Stevens is ever going to be that kind of player that's going to average 100 plus and be, um, you know, a top six forward, for example. Um, so I guess it kind of uh, helped change people's priorities this week. Uh, by the fact that he was suspended. Um, someone I do want to touch on, Zach Fisher, still got a break even of only six. So those that, you know, that picked him up before he, he was dropped, he's going to make a little bit more cash there, mate. Um, but uh, someone that, that did come out of the blocks last week, mate, uh, SPS, uh, Sam Petrevsky-Seaton, Absolutely smashing it with 130, mate. Uh, for those that held him, uh, it's absolutely fantastic news to, to see that he's just going to be putting on another 70, 80K because of that big score. Well, for those who started him, uh, just real congratulations because it was such a risky pick considering we had seen uh, no JLT form from him whatsoever. Um, he's already risen 150K 
which is sensational. And he's got a negative 15 break even on top of that. Um, that's just unbelievable stuff. If you held him through his 49 and 49 against Gold Coast and Port, um, you were rewarded with a 78 and a 134, obviously. So um, just crazy stuff from SPS. But what a gun this kid looks like he's going to be. Speaking of guns that are, uh, are doing less than expected, uh, into the next game, Giants and Collingwood, we've got Adam Trelaw out with a heartstring. Uh, also out of the squad, Jackson Ramsey, Mason Cox, Tim Broomhead all omitted incoming. Uh, Henry Shade, Daniel Wells, Jared Blair and James Aish. Uh, on the uh, giant side of things out goes Adam Kennedy, Matt Kennedy, Jacob Hopper and uh, in comes uh, Daniel Lloyd and Lockie Whitfield for their first games this year and uh, uh, Sammy Reid. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, game here, JB. Uh, uh, considering that we don't have the sub rule anymore, Pendles could leave Collingwood short. It would have been good uh, to see him a couple years ago. Pendles could head off to the hospital and watch his child be born and all they do is just sub someone on for him. Yeah, they're crazy articles they are. Um, Of course, someone awaiting the birth of their child is going to say, I'd I'd even go off at halftime if it took that. But um, I feel like he's going to have a little bit more warning than that and he'd be late withdrawal if anything. So... Um, I don't think he'll be putting out a a 56 score at halftime and heading off. So, um, I mean, surely there's something in his contract against that anyway, Jeez, though. What are you thinking? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all AFL contracts have something that say, if there's a baby popping out, you're not allowed to leave. I'm I'm sure that's that's section two. I reckon that's that's right on the top. (laughs) Um, It's going to be interesting how this one plays out, um, particularly with the, the restructure of the Giants' back line. Um, Lockie Whitfield coming in as well. They've actually named Heath Shaw on a wing, and it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, they they restructure that back line after losing Adam Kennedy being such a an important backline player, not so much fantasy-wise, but definitely for their structure. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that respect. Obviously, Coniglio is only back for his second game of the year. I'm seeing the Giants is actually quite vulnerable right now. As bad as Collingwood is playing, um, I see this as actually a fantastic game um, to even at Spotless Stadium. Yeah, if they had Mason Cox, I'd probably tip them. But considering they've uh, they've <laughs> lost him to omission, um, they're probably not too much of a shot. But on that, it's very interesting to see that he's out because Grundy's sole ruck role will be all to himself again. Um, those who have him or traded him in for... Um, for Gorn or even Goldston, if you've jumped off him, just uh, will be very relieved to see that uh, Cox has made way and Grundy should be back to his supercoach ton ways. And he's scoring like literally 120s when Cox is out. It's just the fact that they bring him in every second week that is the frustrating part. Uh, on the emergencies, first emergency, Matt Scharenberg has absolutely been killing it in the twos, so he's one to keep an eye out on. We'll jump into the next game, Adelaide Crows in Melbourne there, mate. Take us through. I see this as being an interesting game at Adelaide Oval as well. Yeah, not too many changes in this one with Jake Lever going out with a hamstring and Riley Knight with a corked glute, and not one that you see very often. Um, Wayne Miller and Troy Roy Menzel replaced them, and Dean Kent is in for Jay Kennedy-Harris, who we actually spoke about as a cash cow option uh, a couple of weeks ago, not very seriously, might I add, um, who was actually a cash cow option last year as well, if you all remember him. Um, in Bernie Vince's 200th game in Adelaide, it does 
bring a little bit of heat towards this one. Um, but I expect Crows to bounce back after a shocking defeat to North Melbourne in Tassie last week. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure if they realised that that sign was for the first quarter or, or if it was the uh, the 30-minute warning because they just literally didn't turn up for the first half an hour. <laughs> no doubt. I don't think uh, Tex Walker went to toss the coin, so they already <laughs> lost that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big news. This is the the big news of the week. Uh, uh, for those Dr. Supercoach listeners, um, obviously, JB is the biggest celebrity uh, going around on the page, but the uh, probably the fifth biggest celebrity, Chizo, is actually going to be <laughs> attending his first game in history watching Essendon uh, at the MCG. Essendon and the Cats on the weekend uh, literally cannot wait for it. There's been a few changes that uh, actually influence our, our super coach sides. On the Essendon side of things, Andy McGrath coming back in for those that have him. He's been a great cash cow. Uh, Watto and James Stewart coming in for his first game of the year after killing it in the twos. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, a, a little surprised it took him this long to get in considering uh, Essendon's scoring deficiencies um, per inside 50. So, yeah. Uh, uh, one to watch out on. I, I hope that he does stick around for a little bit longer. Um, out goes Brent Stanton, Aaron Francis again because he's uh, he's got a beep test of about 5.6. He can play one game <laughs> at a time before getting puffed. Um, and Martin Gleeson. On the on the cat side of things, Tom Stewart comes back in. Jake Collajasny, uh, Mar- uh, sorry, Ma- uh, Sam Menegola, Mark O'Connor and Zach Smith. Mark O'Connor coming for his first game, the Irish lad. Um, I have to admit, there's not much that I, I do know about Mark O'Connor. Connor. I know that he, he's only recent to the AFL, AFL uh, system, so it'll be interesting to see how he's going. He's just been a, a, a bit of a battler in the VFL so far, playing a, playing a part. So it'll be interesting to see what role that um, that the the Scott uh, has him working in. Uh, Lockie Henderson, uh, Aaron Blacklist Black is uh, omitted. Jackson Thurlow, Darcy Lang, and Jordan Murdoch all omitted as well. Um, Interesting uh, game here, mate. Uh, I'm not sure that I'll be able to check the Supercoach scores this week because uh, I'll be sinking too many beers, I think. Well, you won't need to check them. You'll just see Joe Watson racking up touches and nose having a blinder. Um, as long as as long as long Dangerfield does well in this one and uh, Tom Stewart produces some much-needed defense scoring for me uh, in the rookie side of things, I'll be happy with this, uh, whatever the result is. Yeah, and... Uh it's pretty well known my my man crush on Darcy Parish, uh, JB. All of the 2016 uh, season, uh, I, I made up any excuse to talk about him. Uh, this <laughs> this year this year is a little bit different. I've been asked to rein it in, but I'm not sure if I can rein it in this week. If uh, uh, I get him within arm's reach, he might be. Uh, stuffed in the suitcase and brought back to Townsville. No. Um, so uh, that'd be great to, great to see Essendon uh, play. Uh, Dangerfield is probably the interesting one for me, apart from uh, the fact that James Parsons is getting another game after his horrible week. Um, Dangerfield, obviously a little bit down because uh, of that injury. He's playing a little bit more forward against Essendon, who are not so much a close-checking team against the Cats as who they've played in recent weeks, could be the week that we see Dangerfield being let loose and uh, and finally kind of getting on, on, on top of the side again there, JB. What do you reckon about Dangerfield's chances of actually putting up a Dangerfield-like score? Yeah, I reckon he makes for a very interesting captain's choice this week because on one hand, he's been in poor Dangerfield form as of late, but on the other hand, like you said, this is the perfect matchup for him to really bounce back and put together just a, a super impressive score against an Essendon team that, like you said, they, they pretty much shake their hands at the start and go their separate ways, try to rack up the pill for themselves. So um, I think it'll be very interesting. It'll be a good test to see where Dangerfield's body is really at and 
um, if these injury concerns are, are that concerning. What does Pistol think of the of how Danger's game will go this week? Well, I know absolutely nothing. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, <laughs> what about you, Chizo? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's going to be a good one to watch. I might be running a VC into him. Take us through the next game, Richmond and Fremantle, man. There, uh, What do you see with the ins and outs? All right, so Big Nank is back in, obviously, and then we've got the extended benches on this one. Ben Lennon, Shane Edwards, and Jake Batchelor are all in. I don't expect any of the three to play, unfortunately. Um, Nick Vlastwin goes out with a shoulder injury, which is a further hit to my draft team. Um, Daniel Pierce, Griff Logue, and Tommy Sheridan are all in with Nick Subin. And the big one is Harley Ballack going out with illness. Just um, just kick us while we're down, uh, super coach. Um, the two uh, big milestones in this one is Ivan Soldo is playing his third ga- uh, second game. Sorry, so... Um, He's playing with Nank, which would be very interesting to see how he scores. And POD midfielder Lockie Neal is playing his 100th game. Can you believe it? Yeah, absolutely. Always goes under the radar, Lockie Neal, who's always a, an accumulator but never hurt anyone with the ball. He's kind of like um, what I imagine Zach Merritt to be in like a, a year's time, to be such an elite midfielder that still just doesn't get recognized. Uh, on the, the Richmond side of things, does Ivan Soldo impact Toby Nankervis's relevance as a, a, a ruckman there, mate? Do you actually see him kind of taking just enough ruck contests away for Toby Nankervis to no longer average 100 plus I really hope not I hope what this means is that they're going to try Nank in the forward line a little bit more to give Jack Rewalt a chop out and as we've seen from um, quite a few games this year Nank has been able to drift forward and slot one through the stick so hopefully it just means he rests up there rather than going to the interchange bench and uh, Ivan can't um uh, can't really affect his scoring too much or he has a stinker and Ivan goes out anyway <laughs> yeah so when you look at the Richmond uh, forward line that they've named uh, Dusty Martin uh, not really a key forward Daniel Rioli Caden McIntosh Anthony Miles Ivan Soldo and Jack Rewalt there's not a lot of height there so we could see that Toby Nankervis does spend some time up there uh, trying to be that extra tall to try and uh, to, to get a, a few extra sausage rolls there for us um, you've had some inside knowledge of Harley Ballack for most of the week from one of your sources. Uh, they're telling us that he should only be a, a one-week prospect. Is that right, JB? Yeah, looking very much so like a one-weeker. Um, he was ill throughout the week. He was able to get up for one training session, but um, missed the last couple. And um, Ross has just sort of crossed his arms and said, I don't like Supercoach anyway, so you can sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, trust Ross to do that. Um, I'll jump into... I'll, uh, we'll talk about the, the Suns and Port Adelaide. I know you're absolutely uh, uh, busting to talk about your boys. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't, you're didn't. you not on a plane over to Shanghai, mate. What's the story with that? I thought you you what, you what were your Port Adelaide fan true and true. No, no I am on a plane. plane. They have Wi-Fi on planes these days, <laughs> um, No, I can't, I can't say that I'd, uh, I'd get over there and be able to breathe uh, properly without having to take my 17 oxygen masks and tanks. So, um, no, no, just such a strange um, situation we have here with uh, most people being very very negative about uh, the game in Shanghai and then a few people being optimistic about what it means for our game. Um, I just hope that Port's able to get the W and 
uh, get back safely. I, I don't really care where it's played, to be honest, mate. Well, well when you spend half a million dollars, you want to hope that you did buy a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not even our home game. Fancy that. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting to of all the teams that you could pick to take over there, you take the one with the the Chinese flag colours. That I just still find that hilarious. Um, Gaz has been back, absolutely been killing it. Uh, Jared Witz is someone I just want to touch on briefly. He was he's uh, one that we've always been considering. You know, we're just going to take him up to the buy. He'll top out on price and we'll give him the flick. But with no no Ruckman that we're actually looking for this year, is he potentially one that we can hold for through his buy and keep him to, to get us through rounds 11, 12, and 13? Because, you know what, I'm actually quite happy having a, a, a 94 average Ruckman that I paid 200 grand for. Uh, I'm in no rush to actually get rid of him. I, I'm considering holding him next week. I see a scenario in which we... Switch Nank into the ruck next week, cover Big Witsy's zero, and then carry him all throughout the buys in which a big, non-bearded anymore, but previously bearded ruckman returns right after that that round 13. Yes. Maybe when Witsy starts slowing down, we make the switch, Cheezo. What do you think? That is absolutely prime. I hadn't even considered uh, the the timing of holding him for that long, so that's fantastic as well. Um, Someone that, however, I'm... it seems like a, a, a very smart idea to go from him to David Myers next week. Sam Powell Pepper, um, he's still got that low break even, which is, is fantastic. He, his, uh, his score in the, uh, the, the the 97 that he put up only just previously, uh, absolutely fantastic. He's got a break even of 10. He's already made us 160K. Uh, hopefully by next week, he's, he's going to top out at 300K before we go straight him to Myers. Um, Dan Houston, mate. I oh, might as well get you to go through the ins and outs, but Dan Houston is another one I'd like you to touch on. And uh, he's been omitted, and I just want to hear from a Powers perspective why you think he's been omitted at this stage uh, after we spent the whole season saying he had poor job security and now's the time that he gets omitted. Yeah, I found it strange to see the word omitted next to him. I thought more of a, a rest or management would be more fitting for Dan Houston because he hasn't played bad at all, in my opinion. But I think the, the form of Brandon Archie uh, coming through the seconds and even Carl Amon is just enough to sort of push him out but I don't think it'll last that long however you're not really going to hold him for a fortnight are you so he's almost peaked in value it was either trade him or Butler this week he sort of forced your hand so for those who own him um, I wouldn't really have much of an issue trading him out and on that it's Amon, Aiden Johnson, Dougal Howard and Brandon Archie who are the ins for Port Adelaide. I can't. I, I do expect Brandon Archie to be the one that steps in, um, not Aiden Johnson. He, however, could come in if Robbie Gray is a late out with that um, injury that he's sort of been carrying all week and all year, if you ask me. Um, and ins and outs for the Gold Coast Suns is David Swallow, Callum Archie, and Matt Rosa all out. And Braden Fironi, that's horrible pronunciation, Rory Thompson, Matt Shaw, Jack Bowers, I think it's Bose, uh, Keegan Brooksby and Josh Schoenfield um, are all in for the Suns. It's interesting to note that David Swallow has knee in brackets, not 
Um, it's not respiratory issues. It's not a rest. It's actually his knee. <laughs> Jeez, what's going on there, mate? <laughs> um, swallow, I think it's what we touched on at the start of the season. Uh, I think uh, my new blacklist rule is anyone with a, a serious knee injury coming into the next season, he's not in my starting squad. So uh, I think they're just being managed again. I think uh, uh, Pistol did touch it on in, in uh, on the Monday podcast. Um, 20 contested possessions out of his 23 touches. So, he, you know, he, he just can't hold himself back. Um, interesting to note that uh, a few Facebook screenshots came out between Keegan Brooksby and Aaron Hall, how they, they were considering trying to find ways to get themselves out of uh, being sent to Shanghai for this week's game. JB, did you catch that? Yeah, they're both playing, funnily enough, so... Um, kind of serves them right, I think. Yeah, that's exactly what I reckon. Uh, we'll jump into the the North and the Swans here, mate. The uh, the battle for the spoon, as I like to call it. Um, on, on the uh, Swan side of things, we got Nick Newman named. Thank you, baby Jesus. Yeah, Gary Rowan is back after trying to decapitate himself. Uh, Kurt Tippett uh, seems like uh, he, he might be finally getting a game for uh, the Swans. Um, the only thing for me there, mate, is that uh, Nick Newman named on the extended interchange is not what I want to see. No, and it's not. Um, there was a player that was named on the field, however, last week that was still dropped. So it, it's not a, a clear giveaway, but um, Gary Rohan did say last week in an interview that he'd definitely be in this week. And if they're naming Kurt Tippett, I doubt they'd um, take him in as an emergency. So it doesn't look great for Nick Newman, but hopefully he can um, strap him up and get us some, some much-needed points on the field and some much-needed cash. It does make it interesting because if you're taking Kurt Tippett, he's going in for someone. Uh, if you're taking Gary Rowan, who's announced he's going to come in, probably uh Ollie Florent is the guy that comes out. Uh, but then who's the guy that's coming out for Nick Newman? Who's he forcing out after the Swans have had such a great win? That's what worries me. I think we might see Newman uh, uh, as a, a travelling emergency once again. Uh, on the uh, North Melbourne side of things, Corey Wagner out for the ankle and Jared Waite uh, suspended again. The perennially expended uh, Jared Waite. Um, Aaron Mullet coming back in after having his aura for his, uh, his uh, fourth uh, metacarpal. Uh, Jai Simpkin, Sam Durden, Ty- uh, Taylor Garner and Declan Mountford. Um, Declan Mountford, interesting. I hope he does get a game because it will put him on the bubble next week uh, because he's been absolutely killing it in the second. He's, I think he's averaging like uh, eight tackles and 25 touches over the last month. Um, interesting game here, mate. Ed Vickers-Willis again in the back line for those that are really, really desperate to try and find someone to, uh, get, say, get an Otten or a, 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 a Hampton down to. Um, Zach Jones. Is it the coming of age? I'm throwing that in there just for Kane. Um, no. No, I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> he started very well and he's been uh, an amazing cash cow option, but I don't think you can get too attached to this um, to this lad because he should have a come down. He should. Um, when they've got a full team, he might also still cut, go back to that halfback flank where he played all last year. So um, I just wouldn't have enough trust in him churning out consistent hundreds to be able to trade him in at a premium price now pretty much yeah and the last person I want to touch on before we jump into the next section of the podcast is Isaac Heaney is he the real deal or do we have to worry that he might be uh, rested to try and cope with his glandular fever that is an ongoing issue for him I think he is the real deal but like you said um Galangela fever can be uh, one that comes back or um, one that fatigues throughout a long amount of time. So um, a resting could be in store for Isaac or he might just take that by and uh, rest up more than others, maybe not go on a trip. So 
Um, I, I do think he's the real deal, but for me, considering the um, the crazy forward options that are emerging this year, he's probably just the pass for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. We'll jump into the next section, which is Chizo's Tasty Trades. It ain't easy being cheesy. All right, mate. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about in uh, our trade section is there's usually guys that we want to get in, right? There's there's uh, the usually we've 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 banked some cash. We want to turn that cash into a premium. The only problem is, what do we do about doing the one up, one down situation? We're limited for those guys that are on the bubble bubble this week. I want to talk about Mutima. First and foremost, there's people going uh, going David Myers a week early. And we know what it's like, um, what risks you can have with going guys early because uh, we've already seen it in times this year where you're so confident this guy's going to play the next week and then he gets omitted or he gets injured or he gets reported. We always have to wait, in my opinion, for those guys to be on the uh, on the bubble. For that reason... I'm suggesting to those guys that want to go straight to a David Myers, probably hold off one week because, you know, you've got the Sam Power Pepper to David Myers next week, which is just perfect. Power Pepper with the buy, making an extra 20K, topping out at 300K. Myers gets through his second game on the bubble, straight swap. That's It's an absolute no-brainer, JB. What I don't like is... Having a, uh, a a Sam Power Pepper next week that people have to trade, and they don't have anyone to look for. You know, unless we get say a Declan Mountford uh, for his second game this week, we're not going to have anyone on the bubble next week. We're going to be forced to pick someone that is a overpriced and past the bubble, or b not on the bubble, and we're taking that risk anyway. So we should be looking for the. I want to say safe option, but uh, uh, safe in an inverted comma, so it can be. Uh, um, interpreted uh, quite fluidly. For me, Kurt Mutimer is probably my number one this week, JB, if I was making a trade in the midfield, just because I know that um, I, I've got that trade set up next week with uh, with SPP and Myers. And if I did Myers a week earlier this week, not only does it risk him uh, not being on the bubble and not playing next week, but then it also means that I've got no one for SPP to go to next week unless uh, um, someone else pops up. If you were looking to go between one of those two, do you agree with kind of picking someone on the bubble or do you reckon that Myers is such an uh, obvious option that you should be just jumping on him as soon as you, you find uh, the, the ability to do so? Um, I usually like to disagree with you whenever possible, Chizo, but <laughs> I think you are spot on the money on this one. Um, get in Mutimer this week or even compromise for a Jared Berry who's um, slightly overs for what he started out and for what Mutimer is in um, but he's got that better job security and SPP to Myers just looks like the easiest most straightforward most least thought about trade I've ever seen in Supercoach history next week um for other guys that are looking, they're desperately trying to find um, uh, uh, someone to replace an Andy Otten and a uh, 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 Kirtley Hampton, we don't have those defense downgrades that we have in previously. And, you know, uh, without Nick Newman playing and, uh, you know, Tom Stewart as our, our emergency, if there's a couple of us with Otten and Hampton on the bench, are we forced to hold them with high break-evens, JB? Because unless you're going up, you really can't go down. Yeah, and again, I referenced uh, Jared Berry being the only option because he's defence midfield. So 
Um, other than that, if you already have Barry in your midfield and you've got those two, you, you literally the only way is up. You, ju- you just have to go up. So um, we're in a predicament that we don't usually find ourselves in, especially um, considering Gold Coast came in, GWS came in, Essendon got banned, etc., etc. We've always had these rookies, uh, a plethora of rookies coming through. Um, and even without those teams coming in or um, the circumstances happening, there's always just rookies playing. It, it's just there's clubs refreshing. There's always stuff happening. But um, teams just seem to be really settled with their lists at the moment and no one's really killing the VFL unless it's uh, Nick Newman in the knee after when Horse hates him. So um, <laughs> it, it we're just in one of those strange years where you have to take every opportunity that that comes at you, um, which is why I'd suggest getting uh, Minima, which is why I'd also suggest only going up with uh, Otten and Hampton in, um, in order to facilitate Minima. Um, and a worst case scenario going down to Barry if you want to upgrade in your forward line or midfield. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, we just don't have that many on the bubble. And um, even someone like a Brad Shear who'll be on the bubble next week even has the buy. So uh, that takes another one away from us. So uh, it, it's about trying to find as much cash as we can to upgrade this year. And uh, on top of that, we need to, it's what I touch on every week, we need to try and find value. Last week, we touched on uh, Dan Hanabry, um, who put out a, another 100 score so yeah he was uh, one that I did like the look of um, there's been a few guys that have uh, have dropped in, in recent times we've got Fife somehow only at 540k Trelaw has been so terrible and he's out this week 525k Danger is now 586 with a break even 170 so even Danger should still be coming down some more Sloan will be coming down there's a whole lot of guys that we can um, look at to, to try and find in in the next few weeks. Uh, I just want to run through some, uh, some fallen premiums here for you, JB. Uh, one guy that I do want to uh, do want to touch on, uh, particularly in the ruck line, this is someone that uh, has interested me. Are we seeing the kind of the res- uh, the uh, resurgence of Todd Goldstein here, mate, putting up a 110 plus score on the weekend, break even of only a hundred is 486 K down a hundred from the end of last year. Is this the time where Todd Goldstein is starting to turn a corner? I think he can definitely be trusted as an upgrade at his price, but I definitely wouldn't get him in knowing he's going to be a top two ruckman because I can't be confident about that anymore. He's, he's already lost that trust. Um, so to answer your question, is he resurging? Um, yes, while Priest is out, he is, but Priest is tearing up that VFL, so... I just, I just don't know how much longer he can keep him out for. So it's just, it's a very interesting one. And it's, for those who started with Goldstein, um, it's a very frustrating case. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat where we've had a few inboxes saying like, uh, I can't wait to upgrade Wits to Todd Goldstein next week. And it, it's... It, it's hard to argue with that, like on paper going, oh, you've got a, a Jared Witts going to a Todd's, a Todd Goldstein who's averaged 128 points in a in a season, across a season before. That's fantastic. Like, um, But I just can't, I can't almost, like in my head, I can't justify it right now because we have had that, that's such a negative 2017 that we kind of need uh, what we've said over the last few weeks with the Simpsons and that and uh, and the Pendlebury's and the 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 Hanabrys. We need to see a few games, a handful of games where we know that they've got uh, got it in them to be that number one, number two ruckman or the a top six defender or forward to be able to jump on um, in the forward line. 
we did touch on Lance Franklin as a, a underpriced premium that I was really, really happy about. What do you think about those people that are looking to pay uh, whatever they can to get uh, a premium in the forward line by the name of Elliot Yo? Chizo, I think it's about time we debuted my segment. I love I love this thing you've done really well there, Chizo. Thank you for that. Um, so now debuting my new segment, JB's Just Don't Do It. So um, in this one, I'm going to be discussing a player, um, quite the opposite to Pistol's punt. Um, in which I'm suggesting you don't trade in this week for, at the very least. So um, I've decided to take down a very, very top dog who's um, been popular in discussion with uh, pretty much anywhere you go, Supercoach related, and also popular, uh, highly popular in trade-ins this week. Um, and he goes by the name of Elliot Yo. Um I'm targeting him this week for one major reason, and that's history versus opposition. Um, Elliot has failed to crack the 70, the 70 mark against the Bulldogs in his last three outings. Um, I'm not saying don't get Yo at all, but I am saying don't get him in this week. He does have a low break even. I don't think he's going to clear it by that much. His last three read 56, 45, and 67. For me, especially this week, it's an Elliot no. Chizo, what do you think? I totally, I'm, I totally disagree with you. I, I think <laughs> Elliot has put up scores of 139, 102, 83, 141, a 59, 150, 125. You're basically, he's got a break even of 32, and you're trying to tell me uh, he's averaging 140. You're trying to tell me he's not a good choice this week. Is that what you're trying to tell me? History versus opposition. I'm going to call it right now. He's going to continue the trend. He won't crack 70 this week. Thus, he will only rise in about 5 to 10K. His break-even will still be relatively low the week after, and then he'll explode. That's when I'm trading him in. Not this week, next week. So you're saying he's a good option, but because he's coming up against the Bulldogs, you think that he's maybe someone that we can wait another week on. Spot on. Okay. So just to counter that, I want to read out just, <laughs> just some numbers of what he's scored at Patterson Stadium this year. He's gone 102 against the Saints. He's gone 141 against the, uh, the Swans, and he's gone 150 in the Derby against Fremantle, now playing against the Bulldogs, you're hoping that his average against uh, the Bulldogs, which is 56, mind you, is uh, just not going to uh, get him across the line, mate. 56, (laughs) 45, 67. He's not going to crack 70. It's not going to happen. Bulldogs blanket him. They know who he is. They know what he does. Oh, he's a big marking player. He goes back and forward, whatever. Elliot, no, not this week. (laughs) Week after. So, I... I've I've just crunched a few numbers, right? That if he puts up a 56 this week and then still scores his average of 114 against the Dons, over the next fortnight, he's going to lose $3,000. So you could potentially wait two whole games, get him against the Giants again at Patterson Stadium, and you'll actually get him cheaper than what you will this week. That is interesting. 
However, I wouldn't mind pocketing that 114 points for the sake of 3K next week. <laughs> it, mate, the amount of money you've got to save in this this day and age in uh, 2017 Supercoach might actually uh, <laughs> might actually get us that upgrade. Um, so uh, that, that I think that's a, a, a wraps up your segment. Uh, fantastic. Obviously, spent a lot of time on that sting, and uh, I, I really really like it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> I can't I, wait. I, I couldn't help but laughing. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come back. Um, we'll jump into the next section. It's the team review. We're doing the team review for Dan. Um, obviously donated a whole bunch of cash this year. Um, I'll throw it over to you, JB. I'll run through Daniel uh, Daniel's questions and uh, we'll see if we can help him out uh, after he helped us uh, helped us guys out. He does say that he's going to be donating uh, for donuts this year, so make sure you don't give him too much help. Yeah, I'm, I'm specifically going to sabotage his team, actually. <laughs> um, so in, in the email, he, does, he doesn't provide his team, um, which you can do so next week, Daniel, and we'll make sure we reply to you uh, via email instead of doing a vocal one on the podcast. Um, but he said uh, in the email that he's going for his cash league and only planning on one trade this week, which is Hampton out, because he thinks he's gotten a little too trigger happy thus far by um, thanks to Gorn and Hickey he puts it down to. So um, my suggestion this week is t- still doing this two trades, um, which is Hampton to someone around the Berry mark, perhaps, or if he can get him into the midfield, um, getting him Mutima. Um, and also making an upgrade as well. So saving the trades is best when considering trading out an underperforming premium. So you don't want to trade uh, use trades then when you've already uh, used as many of you ha- as you have this year. But no matter how many trades you save from week to week, you're still going to need to do the same amount of upgrades to get full premium by the end of the year. So um, if you have Trelaw, I'd recommend keeping him. If you have two rookies, one to go up, one to go down, I'd do it regardless this week, even though it'll take you down um, to about 17 trades. So um, this week, I don't know what your team looks like, Daniel, so feel free to send it through. But I'd be targeting either Doherty, Bontempelli, or Buddy. And if you ignore or disregard my previous um, segment, Elliot Yo is also another option who's going to rise quite a bit this week. So... Um, there's my suggestions. I'd still do the two trades. Um, you're still going to need to do the same amount of upgrades throughout the year, so I wouldn't be banking them um, on that merit just yet. What do you think, Chizo? Um, I, I, I'm part of a cash league. I, I'm not sure if you've been part of one as well, but it, it you play it slightly differently. I, I will admit that. Now, like Even though it's just, you're just playing for league wins, not so much for rank, because it's got that cash bearing on top of your head, you do tend to kind of overreact because you want to you you want to make sure you're ahead of the pack it's it's like a subconscious uh, innate thing that inside you that you, you you it's almost like a because you've paid to be in the league that you're almost willing to go the extra mile to, to get yourself ahead of the rest to make sure that you try and get your money back. It's a strange thing to try and uh, to try and wrap your head around if you've never been in a cash league before and it always seems to heighten um it's it makes you trigger happy like uh it 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 makes you kind of uh uh always try and be on the front foot and you do find that in cash leagues you do tend to burn through trades quicker than a normal league where you're you're like oh i'm in the top eight i'm you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm two games clear of ninth place. Uh, I'm not going to trade this week because you, you know I've pretty much got the the top eight wrapped up, and uh, we'll we'll try and hit the finals with a good run. When you're in a cash league, you tend to see that same situation to go. 
oh, I'm, I'm two games behind the top four. You know, it's a cash league. I need to, I need that double chance. And you tend to kind of burn through one or two trades more than you should have uh, to that point. To put it in perspective, uh, I've got 24 trades this year uh, still left over, and I feel like I've I've still gone a little bit trigger happy. To to say that um, uh, that Dan has uh, has only 21 trades at this point and is planning to do one more trade, you know, um, if he's going to have 19 trades left over, or even 20 if he does the one trade after this week. I'm probably on the side of maybe holding one more trade, JB, just for the fact that in cash leagues, you do tend to go a little bit trigger happy and that one extra trade a little bit later on when he is trying to maybe try for that double chance or squeeze into a a better matchup for the finals, he might actually want that trade, JB. What what are your thoughts on that? Have you been in a cash league before and uh, experienced something similar? Um, You you are speaking to a winner of his cash league from last year. (laughs) <laughs> so I do have a little bit of experience. I'm also in one this year. Um, I do, I do definitely agree, and um, that's why I definitely stress that if you had an underperforming premium like Trelaw, I'd still hold on to him. But to me, I feel like you're giving up too many um, league matchups in the lead up to the finals, um, which might cost you a top four or even a top eight spot by going in with one less premium than everyone else. I just, I don't feel like that's you can come back from that especially um, considering the poor scoring of all the rookies this year. So um, I wouldn't hold a trade just because you've burnt through a few. I'd hold a trade with discipline on a player that is struggling. But um, if it's the if it's the sake of one one up, one down, you can get someone in like Bontempelli, uh, Doherty and, or Buddy and really just saw up one of the top three or four in their position for the year. I'd still do that regardless of how many trades you had. Sure, sure. Okay, mate, we might as well jump into uh, the last section that we cover on the podcast. It's our VC and C options for the week. Uh, based on how Bont is going lately, I'm, I'm pretty much sold on the the fact I'm just going to chuck the VC on Bont regardless of who or where he's playing on any given time. He's basically my danger field for 2017. Yeah, and he's averaging uh, accordingly as well. So um, the only person I'd really put above Bont and Pelly for the VC option is Tom Rockliffe, who's just in scintillating form at the moment. So um, other than that, mine is firmly on the bond. Um, if you have Dow or something like that, and you feel um, your opposition is going to go bond, you need you feel like you need that real um, jump early, then he's potentially a good option. Um, but definitely the bond for me. I don't think there's any looking past him at this stage. Yeah. Does the uh, the baby situation kind of put you off a, a Penderbury as a VC or a C option this week? I know in La Hugs captains he uh, he 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 put him in uh, he, the top three, number two on his VC options this week. Uh, Todd was kind enough to point out that he might bugger off at halftime if <laughs> if he, his baby's coming. Um, it, does that kind of put you off uh, the thought of uh, you know that Pendlebury's mind might be elsewhere rather? other than where the ball is going to be in the next contest. Yeah, the Pendlebury news, um, it, it not only puts me off the VC and C options, um, I've, I've not even considered him this week, but I'm also not even loopholing him on midfield just in case he is a late out. So um, I have huge concerns about Pendlebury and I wouldn't consider him into, uh, I wouldn't factor him into your calculations at all. Yeah, uh, just on top of that, as a side note, uh, for, as someone that has... Adam Trelaw, Harley Ballack, and Jared Pickett on his midfield bench. 
would it be uh, a wise move to try and uh, hold off doing any trades until you know that Pendlebury is going to be lining up uh, on that Saturday game um, be- before, you know, because that, that's almost a, a, if you do your trades beforehand and a donut comes, what do you do? Yeah, it's very interesting. And um, you're not wrong in thinking that, that that's probably the safer option. However, a lot of people definitely have Houston or Butler still. So, um, my suggestion would be flicking Pickett into your forward line or Balak into your forward line um, and getting one of Butler or Houston straight down to Muterman. Um, give yourself that um, Muterman, sorry. Give yourself that extra cover that you may need, the, the 40 or 60 points that he's going to provide, and um, just throw up another cash cow. Yeah, so what, you, what you're saying basically uh, uh, is... Uh, if you've got the uh, someone on your forward line bench uh, with the DPP, swap him like a, a Balak or a Pickett uh, into the forward line. Um, so even though you have no forward line rook, uh, rookies uh, or emergencies, at least you've got that one guy as a, that you can have as an emergency in the midfield just for the off chance that that uh, Scott Pendlebury is going to to be a laid out. Uh, is is that kind of what we're we're on the same page here, mate? If you have someone in your forward line that isn't playing and you've got someone just sitting there on your midfield bench uh, collecting dust like um, Pickett or Balik or someone like that, uh, what I would do is I would choose the forward that's either not playing or has reached his uh, peak potential in cash generation, for example, Butler and Houston. Um, I'd hit the trade button on them and then when you get to the trade screen, I would sub the... A forward player that is sitting on your midfield bench into the forward line and trade in Mutima. It's it does sound a little difficult. Um, maybe chuck a post up on our wall if you're having um, complications with it because it's it's easier to um, highlight and screenshot and send it to you that way. Yeah, yeah, totally on board with that. And hey, uh, just that advice then, JB actually saved me uh, a trade in the midfield trying to cover a donut. Uh, so uh, you just cost the cancel council, mate. You can uh, that's like <laughs> both both a positive for me, a negative for them. So you can uh, kind of weigh that up yourself. Um, hey, that that pretty much uh, wraps up uh, our captains. Uh, do you see any other options? Options kind of later in the, uh, the the games, kind of like maybe a Fife against Richmond uh, or, or Gaz against uh, Port, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, maybe a Hannah's uh, versus North Melbourne. Do you see anyone outside of those guys or are you happy with uh, like the suggestion of a, a Bont um, or, or a Rockliffe uh, and a Dangerfield as a backup? Um, my fullback option for Bont is currently Tom Mitchell against Brisbane with no Mitch Robinson. So I'm pretty happy with that. But I'm just back in Dangerfield. It's what we've been doing for the last 39 years of Supercoach, pretty much. So, <laughs> um, back him to get his form back against uh, the Dons. And um, if you don't want to back him, or if you have Rory Sloan, he's another great option. So, um, just look at your forward, uh, your midfield uh, premiums. Really back him, and I don't think there's too many Smokies. Um, this year, unless Pistol has anything for us? Well, I know absolutely nothing. Okay, no, no, I didn't think so. So, uh, back to you, Jeezo. Yeah. Oh, I'll never get sick of that. Oh, we love you, Pistol. <laughs> All right, mate, it's been absolutely fantastic you uh, having you on. Um, uh, are we going to see you on another Thursday podcast, or do you think Pistol's going to try and weasel his way back in? Um, if he listens to this one, then he probably won't want to miss another one, to be honest. So, <laughs> we've given him enough flat. Yeah. Uh, as, you, as always, community, if you do get something out of the podcast, you do enjoy Enjoy. you do find that your team is getting better feel free to leave us a, a review on itunes because it makes it easier for other coaches to find us and then for our community to grow and uh, we're only 200 uh, likes short on hitting 30k uh, on the uh, the facebook page which is 
fantastic. Uh, uh, I might even uh, do something special for that when that comes out. And uh, and again with uh, our Supercoach rings, we haven't touched on it for a few a few weeks, but that that uh, offer of a uh, a fantastic uh, a Super Bowl like ring that you can have for your 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 cash league, for example, which is one that I'm a part of, which is fantastic. Uh, you can find all the details on on, on our on the post, so uh, keep a look out for that. Uh, or donate for donuts. We've uh, joined Dan and uh, a lot of others that are putting into a great cause and uh, trying to raise money for cancer research. And uh, and remember, you go into the running uh, to have your team reviewed live on the pod if you do donate or leave us a review on iTunes. Hey, uh, JB, I... I looking forward to see you on the weekend and then I realise that you don't live in Melbourne. No, I don't. And if um, while I'm not there and not able to provide any security, if anyone spots a cheesy looking man in a Don's jumper at the Geelong game, <laughs> just getting a little too close to Darcy Parish, I'd call security right away. So get them onto him. Oh, a little flushed in the face, a little bit sweaty across the monobrow. <laughs> uh, let's just hope the boy, because I've, I've got the uh, the seats right behind the, uh, the interchange. Uh, uh, I'm a little bit worried that uh, security might worry about how close I'm getting to the interchange <laughs> there mate anyone that wants to come down and ha- have a bit of a Dr. Supercoach meetup maybe have a few beers just uh, inbox the page Cheezo's always down for a beer with a, a, a couple of good mates uh, JB been fantastic having you on uh, I'll talk to you over the weekend mate great talking to you mate thanks for the uh, advice see you community